Hi, Allison. Thank you for joining me on my podcast today. I appreciate it. Thank you you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited um, to get to talk to you. Can you introduce yourself a little bit about like the type of work you do and like where you're from? Yeah. So I'm, my name is Allison Lieberman. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist in California. I'm in Southern California and I have a group counseling practice that I own called Rooted in Harmony. And we focus on treating new moms and new parents, um, My specific work is working with new moms that have postpartum anxiety, and then my partners have experience working with the new parents as like a couple, working on their relationship and the adjustment in our relationships after we kind of transition into parenthood, and then also teaching parenting skills. So it's kind of a nice all-around function. And then I also have my own podcast called The New Mama Mentor, where it's just basically resources that are available to new moms um, so that they know what is available for them to get help. Awesome. So your work focuses on working with with parents, right? Yeah. What got you interested in doing that type of work? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Sorry. Before having kids, I worked with children a lot. And in my work with children, I realized that a lot of parents needed a lot of skills in order to be able to connect with their kids a little bit better. And then after having children, I had my own experience with postpartum anxiety both times and seeing how much that was impacting my ability to connect and engage with my kids in the way that I wanted to, it sort of made me realize that like we're we're missing a crucial step in providing adequate mental health care to new moms that could potentially reduce issues with children later on if moms are able to connect and engage with them a little bit better. Yeah, that that's actually really cool. And that's something that myself like I didn't even think about is just like um sorry okay it's just like a lot of the times because I work in mental health too I'm a licensed clinical social worker and so a lot of times like we you know like we hear like oh like preventative work like we want to work with children you know um blah 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 but you're taking it a step further like you're working with new moms like new parents you know and yeah preventative even further yeah before. yeah because i mean as you know like most mm-hmm. interventions are reactive right they're not as preventative and it's not doing a whole lot right and i think what we find in therapy with kids is a lot of times like it's like okay there's something wrong with the kid we need to work on them which could be true in some capacity but if things aren't changing in the parenting child relationship then we're not going to see a huge shift. And sometimes that means working on ourselves. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, because by the time the kids are a little older and maybe they're starting therapy and stuff, like by then it's like, you know, the parents are probably just confused and just a lot of the times like don't know how to handle the situation. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. So I know we're, we're talking about postpartum anxiety 
And I was wondering, like, is there a difference with that and postpartum depression? Yeah. So the best way to sort of differentiate them is, you know, postpartum depression is sort of like the deactivation and postpartum anxiety is the activation. So with postpartum anxiety, it's a lot more of like dread and fears that something bad is going to happen. And so we're doing things to prevent that as opposed to the postpartum depression becomes much more of like a disconnect from our lives, our children, our partners, our friends, our family. We sort of isolate and withdraw, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Postpartum anxiety can come across as way higher functioning than I think a postpartum depression can. And I think that that's why it's not necessarily talked about very much because sometimes it can be viewed as super mom or super wife or whatever it is, but really it's mom's way of trying to contain her anxiety, but it's not always effective. So it could be from, you know, I'm not going to go places for fear that something bad is going to happen to I'm the only one that can do anything for my child because if anybody else does it, they're going to do it wrong and something bad can happen. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had never um, heard about postpartum anxiety. You know, I always hear about like postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't even realize like that was a thing, but I could see it now. And when you said, you know, worrying about something bad happening initially, I was like, okay, worrying about something happening to the child, maybe to the baby or, you know, um, but it is worrying about something happening to yourself, like, or can it be both or it can be both. It's more often than not about the baby. However, there have been certain clients that I've worked with where the fear of something bad is going to happen to them and then that would leave their baby without them as their parent. So it can manifest in that. Um, it could be both, but typically it's something mad is going to happen to the baby, but it, it also can be about ourselves as well. Oh, okay. And then is it, can it also be, um, other types of anxiety? Cause I'll, I'll tell you what I'm thinking <laughs> when I was, a mom. Well, I only have one, a five-year-old daughter. So when I get, you know, was pregnant, gave birth, et cetera, like I had never had any experience with kids. I didn't grow up around kids. Like I didn't know what to do and I didn't really have a support of a partner at the time. And so I did feel like some kind of anxiety about that. Like I, about not knowing what to do, not knowing what to expect. And that's kind of another thing that I was thinking about when I heard the tone, the term postpartum anxiety, is that part of it or is that just like my, something different, you know? Yeah. So it can be really any form of anxiety that comes up after having the baby. Right. And is it something that you were anxious about before you were pregnant? Is it something that now that you have a baby, you're like, oh my goodness, this is way too much responsibility. And I didn't realize that I was going to have this. I know that when my husband and I left the hospital after having my son, he was our first and we were like, why are they trusting us to leave here? Like, we don't know Mm -hmm. what we're doing. We 
we've changed two diapers and that's about it. And now we have to keep this thing alive. Like that's a lot of responsibility. And so that can create what is an expected level of anxiety. And I think that that's why it's often overlooked too, is that there's of course going to be anxiety after you have a baby. Yeah. It's a human that you have to keep alive and you have no idea what their needs are. You have to learn them as you go. And that's really stressful. Mm -hmm. And it's just how you're coping with that, right? So is the the way that you're coping to ask for help and seek support and really get that support system in place so that you're not the only one that's doing everything, then yeah, that that would be what would be considered the quote unquote normal anxiety. But if you're the only one doing everything and you've sort of kicked yourself into this anxious spiral of if you're not the one doing it, then you know, maybe you're you don't trust your partner for whatever reason to take care of the baby on their own. Well, then why? Is that a a relationship thing or is that just because you're having a hard time letting go of that control? Mm, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Um, with the postpartum anxiety, um, is that also like having anxiety about your partner's safety? Can that be part of yeah. it? Like if something were to happen to yeah. your partner? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. I think that, you know, the fear of being a single parent not by choice and by something tragic happening could definitely make sense. And again, it sort of comes back to like, how is it manifesting? Is it just like a general anxiety or are you now sort of developing these compulsions because you're having these really obsessive thoughts? Is it because something traumatic already happened to you and now it's all coming to the forefront because now you're realizing that you and your partner are responsible for this little human and something could happen at any moment. Mm, yeah. What do you think causes um, this postpartum anxiety? Yeah. So th there's a lot of things that sort of can predispose somebody for postpartum anxiety. One is just having depression or anxiety prior to having children. That is a predisposition Having any sort of pregnancy-related illnesses, so like gestational diabetes or preeclampsia, those can predispose you. Having struggles with fertility, that can be a predisposing factor. Any trauma, whether it's childhood trauma or birth trauma, that could cause postpartum anxiety. Having issues with breastfeeding. So there's a lot of things that sort of can play into it. And how you're managing that stress, right? So I always like to kind of step back with my clients and think about like, what is your expectations of motherhood? Because that's definitely going to inform how you're experiencing it. So if you had the expectation that you were going to be this like exclusively breastfeeding stay-at-home parent, and you were going to love every moment of it, but then now that's your reality and you hate it, that's really going to impact your mental health. Mm, yeah, that is true for sure. Like the expectations. And then also like I'm thinking people around you, mm -hmm. like placing expectations on you, like you should be doing this or that. I, I feel like that 
tends to happen a lot. I mean, especially um, I'm I'm Hispanic, so I know like, you know, in Hispanic families, (laughs) there is a lot of that. Um, But yeah, that's, that's very interesting. And then also I feel like hormones as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So when you're pregnant, like you develop hormones gradually over the 10 months that prepare you for childbirth and you give birth and then those drop off within like two to three days. So what you built up over 10 months is exiting your body in two to three days. It's a really big adjustment. And with breastfeeding, if that's the direction you choose to go, like that creates a different type of hormonal response, right? So there are definitely elements of hormones that can be a part of it. And you could just stop at baby blues, right? That's sort of why they've created that baby blues terminology is to give space for your hormones to regulate. But if you get outside of that, like two to three months, or not months, sorry, two to three week postpartum baby blues window, and you're still experiencing these things, then it's probably something deeper. Yeah. Um, with with hearing you talk about this, I go back to like my own pregnancy and stuff. But, um, you know, this postpartum anxiety for me personally, it kind of I was I experienced it. I feel like during the last month of my pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So it was in post, but it was kind of like pre-partum, I guess. But it was like that anxiety about something bad happening to my partner. Yeah. And so I remember that. And it was just like, <clears throat> excuse me, like a very overwhelming like feeling like, oh, my gosh, like every time he would leave the house, I'm like, where are you going? And it was just that anxiety, like, oh, my gosh, I want him to be safe. Like, I don't want anything happening you know yeah and so um I can imagine it's something like similar postpartum where you're just like overwhelmingly worried you know yeah yeah and like when we're talking about postpartum depression anxiety those are like very small sectors of what we sort of refer to as PMADs or perinatal mental health disorders right which is you can have anxiety all through your pregnancy that is exactly like the anxiety you're having postpartum. And they can all be sort of from the same thing. For me, I didn't really realize when I was pregnant that I had that anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so I was always a relatively anxious person, but it wasn't something that I felt like was out of my control until I had my son, because he was in the NICU, which is also sort of a predictor for postpartum mental illness. If you don't have the uh, the support or the the structure to process what has happened that has caused your child to end up in the NICU, right? So I think that for me, like I've almost felt blindsided by the anxiety. And then it's sort of like that anticipatory anxiety that can happen when you're pregnant when I had my daughter, when I was pregnant with her, because my son was uh, born premature, I had that same sort of anxiety where it was like, I'm going to give birth at any moment for the entire time that I was pregnant. Right. And so it definitely impacts. I mean, we know so much about like when we're stressed, it really 
releases cortisol in our bodies and that could go to the baby and then the baby's getting cortisol and all of that, right? And so we want to try to regulate that. And I think when we're pregnant, we also think that it's normal to be anxious. And there's a difference between like being stressed about everyday stuff and being anxious. Yeah. You know, so I think everybody is, of course, in their minds, like stress, like something bad might happen to my partner and I'm going to have to do this on my own. But when it's something that you're ruminating on or perseverating on and you can't let that thought go and it's causing you more stress, even though it's not happening, then now we're looking at like something that needs more direct intervention. Yeah, for sure. Um, I did want to ask, like, how would someone know that they're experiencing postpartum anxiety? Um, Yeah, like, how would they know? Yeah, so there's like a couple things that I encourage people to look out for. One is like, when it's nighttime, and everybody's asleep, the baby's asleep, and like, it's time for you to get that very valuable rest. And you can't because your mind is racing of maybe all the things that you have to do, all the things that could go wrong. Is everybody safe? All of that stuff. Like those are sort of key clues that like something's going on anxiety wise in your brain. I'm not like a believer in sleep when the baby sleeps in terms of like daytime stuff. Like if you can do that, I think that's great. But most of us can't. And so it's really like that key nighttime sleep that if we're missing out on, that's like the number one red flag. The other stuff to pay attention to is I know in my own experience, I had some pretty intense intrusive thoughts about things happening to my kids. And some we all have intrusive thoughts. So it's not necessarily that that is it. But when we start to feel disturbed by these intrusive thoughts and try to do stuff to change it. So for me, I would have these intrusive thoughts of my kids drowning in a pool. And so my response to that would be to go check on them every time I had one. So I had this obsessive thought and then I would have this compulsion to go check on them. So that's another sort of key indicator. And, you know, another popular one that comes up a lot is like if you have stairs in your house and you're holding the baby and you have that vision or that thought that the baby's going to fly down the stairs Mm -hmm. Right. Like, I think it's a pretty common one. But, you know, if you could just say, huh, that's a thought. <laughs> that's yeah. wild, but move on. It's fine. Right. But if now you can't go down the stairs without having somebody's help or you just avoid going downstairs if you're holding the baby, then that is when it's sort of shifted into this like, okay, we need to talk about this. Another thing is like how you're engaging with other people and the baby, right? So if we can't let other people hold the baby because of sort of an irrational thought process, right? Like, well, they might drop the baby. That's true. They could, but what is the likelihood of that happening if they're sitting on a couch and everybody's contained, right? So it's sort of how much are we avoiding everyday things because of these fears? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that, for kind of explaining it. Um, I feel with me, um, 
when you mentioned the stairs thing, I think I, yeah, I had that intrusive yeah. thought a couple of times <laughs> um, at my mom's house. She has like, you know, a flight of stairs. And I remember thinking that like, oh my gosh, am I going to drop the baby? Like, what if I slip? Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was able to just move on. Like, you know, like you said, I was able to be like, mm, no, you know, like just kind of like, it's okay. And just, I just resumed, but right. I can see like, you know, how someone could pro- possibly um, stay stuck on that worry and just kind of avoid it and things like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And like, we know with intrusive thoughts, like they're based off of some semblance of reality, right? Like, is there a chance you're going to fall down the stairs while you're holding the baby? Sure. People fall down the stairs all the time, right? And you're tired and you're distracted or whatever, but the chances that you're going to fall or that you're just going to like let go of the baby are so slim, right? Because chances are if you're if you fall, you're going to grab onto the baby tighter, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's sort of like paying attention to, yes, is it possible? Sure but the likelihood is really low. Yeah, definitely. Um, Is there a diagnosis for this? Or like if someone was experiencing this, uh, what can they do? Like, you know, where can they go for support or what would you recommend? Yeah. So there is not an official Mm -hmm. diagnosis for postpartum anxiety. Um, I think that that is part of the issue that we have in our current medical system is that because there isn't a diagnosis, doctors and therapists and everybody aren't learning about it in their day-to-day like education. So it really takes some self-identification first, at least of what you're experiencing. Postpartum depression is, but like we've talked about, they are different. And so sometimes somebody isn't experiencing depression. Like I was not experiencing depressive symptoms. I was only experiencing anxiety, or at least that's what was manifesting for me. So that's why I was overlooked for so long. So it really is being able to advocate for yourself, which can be really difficult in that early time period as well. Um, But Postpartum Support International is a great place to start. They have free support groups. They have a directory of therapists all over the country that are specialists in this area that can help. And they have a lot of information just on each type of postpartum disorder because there's a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and so that's like a good place to go if you're just looking to like kind of get your feet wet and figure it out. Um, I, this is a lot of the stuff that I talk about on my podcast because I am really passionate about it. So my podcast is a great place to go. Um, there's a book by Karen Kleinman that I love. I recommend it to all new moms. It's called good moms have scary thoughts. And it's really just about sort of normalizing some of the things that happen postpartum and encouraging you to get help on certain things that maybe aren't as prevalent postpartum mm-hmm. that you really could get some more help with. So really like the way that she does the book and it's a, like a picture book, almost like a comic strip in okay. a way. That's kind of what it looks like, but um, it's a really easy read. It's not like a, a heavy book or anything. And it really sort of makes you feel less alone. And so I think those are some good places to start and then kind of go from there to figure out what exactly your, your need is. 
Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. And um, I, I was going to say like also um, not being afraid to just talk about it. I feel yeah. that I know it could be hard. And then especially like, you know, like you said at the beginning, like you're dealing with this newborn or new baby and just, it could be overwhelming, yeah. but yeah, I love all of the different um, resources and things that you talked about for sure. And I really appreciate you coming on and talking about this because now I feel like I want to like tell as many people as possible, like, you know, this is an actual thing and it is not talked about as often, you know? And yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, uh, thank you for coming on and speaking on this and just doing the work that you do and educating people about it. Yeah, of course. I, I always like to tell my clients that like an important part of our healing journey is being able to pass what we've learned on to other people and um, I definitely didn't talk about this when I was going through it because it was really isolating and I didn't know anybody else that was going through it. And the more I've talked about it, the more supportive I've felt by other people in my life and in extended areas. And I think that it can really be healing to talk about these things. So I appreciate the platform. Thank you. Um, just one more time, if you want to let listeners know where they could find more info on this or um, a talk to you or just whatever you want to share. Yeah. So Postpartum Support International is a great place to start just for general information and getting connected. Um, my website for my therapy practice is www.rihcounseling.com. And I am on Instagram at the new mama mentor. And I have the new mama mentor podcast on all podcast streaming sites. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Allison, for coming on. And like I said, I really appreciate the conversation and I hope that it's helpful for someone listening, you know? Yeah. Me um, too. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you.